1: It's funny, uh, as I, as I started talking to more people, um, a bunch of people asked me, you know, what do you want to talk about? And I said, I, I've never, you know, I very rarely have a topic rolling in, uh, at least to the first time that I talk to anybody, right? Uh, if we talk three or four times or something like that, chances are good. If we're talking again, there is a topic, there is a thing, uh, that matters and we are talking about that, um. children um got a
0: you know, few I, of those myself
1: right and but otherwise you know my my first talk to people is uh tell me about you tell me what you do right uh and then somewhere in there there will be something interesting and we'll figure out where to go from there uh <laughs> and there are some people that i've talked to about doing interviews like that and they're like oh i don't know if it's just unscripted like that i'm like what do you I, I don't have any gotcha questions i don't you know sorry
0: <laughs> that's i kind of ask people like what do you want to talk about like what is something that um, strikes you as that you're passionate about or you think you know you think is important or something you just like think you have a lot to say about and and we'll see if we even get to that <laughs> we we may never even touch on it like we might get completely derailed right off the right off the bat and Talk about something totally different. Uh,
1: for instance, let's have a sit-down discussion meeting about short-form content, in which we discuss interview methods for an hour. <laughs>
0: uh, one thing right
1: along those lines.
0: One of the guys that I work for, he uh, he has a medical show, and like he talks about the medical field with other doctors, and uh, it's really, I think it's really interesting stuff. And so I wanted, I was going to do an interview with him. And originally when I asked him, uh, like, what do you want to talk about? And he said, well, since it's kind of been, you know, a hot topic and he's like, we could talk about COVID. And then as we got to chatting before we started, we ended up just throwing COVID out the window entirely. So it's like, we're, we're not even going to touch on that. We're, we're going a completely different direction with this. And,
1: yep. Uh, see that that's the other reason I don't do a lot of planned topics is, uh, it just, okay, so we're definitely going to talk about this. Then you name the stream that, right? Uh, because I do them live. If you name the stream that, then everybody shows up and they're like, oh, so they're talking about this thing. And if you log into the, generally do an hour or two, right? You log in at about the 30-minute mark, chat just starts filling up with like, I thought you guys were talking about this. Like, yeah, we talked about that for the first 10 minutes. And then we just stopped. <laughs> so well, it turned
0: out that was the least uh, the least engaging topic we wanted to talk about today
1: right uh 40,000 rabbit holes came up and we've been just running down them ever since <laughs> so
0: i have definitely been guilty of doing it deliberately where i'll post it and then he'll make a comment and then i as myself will make a little just a little jab back not you know not trying to say anything mean just a little question to keep him going and then before long it's like goes crazy and so that's, eh, those are a lot of fun
1: yeah. <laughs> it is it is the method. Uh the, the other thing that I have heard quite a bit is uh post under people and say vaguely contradictory things. Though I will say that I I have an uncanny talent for just getting blocked by these people. Um you know, like, hey, uh so you said this, and you know, maybe no, and they're just like blocked. Like, oh okay, well, never mind. <laughs> well
0: uh Andy Craig is one of the Libertarian, like, Lulberts or Loser Brigade guys. And I had so much fun with him. And then he blocked me. And it's just, like, I don't even want to do Twitter anymore. You blocked me. Like, that was was all of my fun and and joy was just taking little barbs at him and watching him blow up about it for (laughs) no reason. Because I don't even say anything super inflammatory when I do that. I'm just, like, just a little jab, like, hey, but, uh... You forgot this, like, really key factual piece of information in that statement. Right.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, The the Lulbert portion of the world. Uh, I follow on Twitter and never, ever talk to you for that exact reason. Right. Uh, and I, I learned that early in the, the Twitter years because I was like, man, some of these people have put a lot of thought into this. So clearly they're capable of thinking uh and so you go well hey what about this thing and then they're like shut the fuck up you stayed as faggot you just want to fucking suck the dick while you kiss the boot and like just put the whole thing in your foot i'm like whoa this went off
0: I, the rails real quick
1: <laughs> i was just like hey there are people who will not behave in Encampistan." it's <laughs> like and you
0: know You give all these statistics, but you really kind of cherry pick your statistics. What about these over here? I'm like, oh, they're also worth looking at. No, 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 block. They don't want contradictory evidence.
1: Nobody does. Uh, it's oh, I think that is part of the bane of my existence, right? Uh, because they're all kinds of people, just ask tons of them who are like uh in fact my my first ever super example of this is you know who adam friended is
0: i think i've heard of
1: laser eyes on everything yeah okay (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's how everybody knows adam um him and psa stitch do a podcast and uh but years and years and years ago when i was very very new to youtube um they were talking about doing Medicare for all in California. And I was, you know, little teeny podcast of like, so this is what they're talking about doing. This is, you know, the, what is going to happen. Um, according to them, none of that's actually going to happen. And so Friended was out there, and I was, I was decently good friends with the academic agent at the time, I guess. Uh, and uh, Friended was on. Academic agents podcast a bunch. And so I said, Hey, man, you, you want to come talk about this Medicare for all thing? Cause you seem really excited about it. I don't think it's a good idea. He said, Yeah, let's do it. So he comes down uh, and I said, Okay. So, you know, what do you know about this? And he goes, Oh, well, we're just going to have Medicare for all. And I went, Okay. So do you, do you have any idea what it's going to cost? No. Okay. Well, they're going to apply an 18% payroll tax straight off the top, which they expect to generate, you know, whatever billions of dollars that they think is going to fund Medicare for all uh medicare regular medicare costs more than that in the state of california can't do it (laughs) you know (laughs) and it was oh wow how do you keep all these numbers in your head uh and i was like well thanks it's very flattering but we still can't actually do this you know well but uh healthcare is an inelastic good no it isn't well i mean like no one gets cancer treatment if they don't have cancer yes that's true okay uh, whether or not you go to the ER for a urinary tract infection or get a bottle of cranberry juice is an elastic good, <laughs> you know? Oh, I never thought of it like that. Bro, you're, you're advertising that it's a great idea and you don't even know what medical care is. Get the fuck out of here.
0: <laughs> and don't understand the associated costs or, or anything involved with it. Like, have you ever talked to somebody from Canada? Like, just, you know, briefly talk about How their medical system actually works, because anybody who has a decent job in Canada absolutely hates the medical system in Canada.
1: Oh yeah, Uh, and that you know someone had to sue to their Supreme Court so that they could have private health care. I don't know, (laughs) you know, but the the moral of the story is: the next morning, I got up and he was going, "We're going to have Medicare for all in California." And it's a great thing. And I was like, you motherfucker.
0: Didn't we just have this conversation?
1: And the thing is, he likes to advertise himself as that guy that will change his opinion based on facts. And I was like, I didn't give you my opinion on any, like, very, very few things. I I give you a bunch of factual statements of why this is a bad idea. (sighs) No one wants countervailing information. Just nobody. (laughs) Uh, I anyway,
0: keep, I keep action. you keep so, so my little show. I call it the fact check this podcast because I got fed up with fact checkers, always putting their <laughs> it on my posts. And, uh, and like what really killed me about it was you would read the fact checker article because, like, I am pretty autistic and I, I'll read everything. Uh, if it pops up, I'll read it, and I would read all of the fact checker articles. And the first paragraph would explain why this was misinformation or this was false or whatever. But then if you continue to read, as you got into the the meat of the article, it goes on to actually say that it's not necessarily false. We just think that it's false or the way it's worded
1: kind of makes it. My my favorites are Snopes who love to fact check things uh, as, uh, missing context, right? And so, uh, the 1350 falls victim to this all the time, right? Um, so fact-checked missing context. And I'm like, all right, well, I'd hate to have some missing context. Hit me up with it. I thought I was just reading FBI stats, but whatever, bro. And so you open it up and it's like, well, it is true that the black population is roughly 13% of the population and that uh, 50% of the violent crime is done by them, not 50% of all crime is not done by them. And I'm like, well, that's no one said that, first of all. and then there's a little sub paragraph that says, and while it's tr- also true that, you know, roughly half the population of black people is 6%, uh, and that is the male population, and they are the ones who are actually committing 50% of the violent crime, uh, if you say any of this, you're a fucking racist. And I went, that's not context, motherfucker.
0: <laughs> right, that's just missing narrative. <laughs> like, your narrative.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. And it... There's a ton of that out there. Uh, Politico's pretty bad for it. Um,
0: uh, so it's, it's funny. Stacey and uh, Stacy for truth is her chant her YouTube channel. she and I talked about this a little bit on Wednesday because uh, there was this, uh, it was an article or it was like just a, a meme about how uh, they're going to start monitoring and censoring <coughs> SMS messages. Uh, yeah. The Biden administration. And, what's really funny, and correct me if I'm wrong, I'm almost 100% positive that there was video of Jen Paskey saying that. Oh, yeah. He actually said it. Now, that video has been scrubbed from existence. I can't find it anywhere now.
1: Oh, guaranteed. It's on BitChute, uh, Odyssey, Um, probably a few other places, but... No mm, mainstream. Yeah.
0: Yeah, No. So, so it got fact-checked that The Biden administration or Biden isn't the one who's actually going to do this. But if you go read through the, it's like, it's not Biden, it's the DNC. The DNC is going to do this, and they're not actually going to censor your SMS messages. They're going to have third parties do that for you, for them.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. So, like, everything is true. You just don't like the way it's worded. Like,
1: right. That sounds like the same thing with extra steps. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) All
0: right. I got, I posted a, uh, like a Lincoln Don't. I posted a Lincoln quote and about, you know, how uh he didn't care if he or if he could get away with not freeing any slaves, then he would have absolutely done it. And uh and somebody said, Well, you know, that's missing context. That's that's not the full quote. And then he quoted the full quote and I'm like, Yeah, but the full quote says, If I could not free any slaves and save the union, I would do that. And if I could free all the slaves and save the union, I'll do that. And if we could just keep things exactly the way they are, I would do that. Yeah. So, so really like the full quote didn't change anything about it. He didn't give two shits about slavery one way or the other. Like it was, a, the, the uh, entire his Entire quote does not change the outcome of what he said. Like,
1: so it's, it's more than that. That's, that's a letter that Lincoln wrote to somebody. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think the Congress, um, cause they, they were bitching at him about something. And the whole letter is like, well, look, first of all, I don't care if you don't like the war. Uh, The union is not breaking apart. Just I'm not going to be the president presided over the United States breaking apart Uh, is a ton of it. Uh, And then somewhere in someone from Congress had sent him something that was like, well, why don't you just let the South keep their slaves then? Fine. Fuck it. And he was like, let's do it. (laughs) So, (laughs)
0: yeah. Yeah. No
1: one wants to hear that, though, because Lincoln is, is super savior. <laughs> yeah,
0: I did an episode. I've tried to do, like, pointed episodes more so. than I used to just, like, rant about whatever pissed me off at the time. And yeah. while that was a lot of fun, I got tired of those getting removed. So I started to, like, try to talk about, like, actual stuff. So I talked about the Communist Manifesto and... uh Lincoln and the Civil War and like I've I've tried to talk about and ag I did one on ag policy. Like I try to talk about topics and like do research and stuff and so uh,
1: should go get one of these. What is that? Now's little red book.
0: <laughs> I may need to do that.
1: It is uh instructional.
0: <laughs> so a buddy of mine and I did the, uh, the one that I did like the religious stuff with, we looked at uh, Christian holidays and their pagan roots. Cause I've, uh, while I am a, a good Christian, I've also spent more than plenty of time studying paganism and reading the Quran and the Dhammapada. And I like to look at different stuff. Like I don't, I don't like to just look at one thing. Like I want to, I want to look at all the different stuff and, Maybe my opinion will change, or uh, or has has been the case. It's strengthened my faith and stuff. So we got to take a, like a take a dive into the pagan origins of different Christian holidays, and like that was a lot of fun. I like I like looking at stuff that's kind of different. And uh, like when I when I was reading the Communist Manifesto for the third time, my uh, my brother was like, "What's wrong with you? You should you should spend more time reading the Constitution." And I was like. I've read that at least a dozen times. Like, why do I need to read it more? It didn't change. Uh, like, there might be stuff in the Communist Manifesto that I missed the first time. I,
1: you know, the, I, I get this a lot, right? Because it's not by accident that I have Mouse Little Red Hook on my desk. I keep it here at all times. Um, and it, it is sort of because I have respect for it insofar as I have respect for the AK-47, even though it's not like I've ever used one in combat or anything. Uh, but get one fired at you. You will have some respect for the AK-47. And I don't think people understand that. Right? Ideology is a weapon. And this right here, this is the ideological AK-47. It's everywhere. It's readily available. In fact, if you don't mind digital books, you can go get copies of it, off of uh shit, the, the socialist website. There, there's one that's gigantic. It's you know National Socialism Now or uh Global Socialism Now, some shit like that. Um but if you just Google Mao's little red book, it'll come up in the first page or two, and it's the whole thing. Uh and Mao expressly didn't want it uh limited in distribution because you can get more you know he wasn't interested in, in pulling american money so he just said hey uh you know take this thing and spread it far and wide and so now you can get the pdf for it anywhere probably every realistic socialist that you've ever even heard of has probably read uh Mao's little red book five ten times easily right the these people are using this uh, and, and quite a few other things, you know, the Communist Manifesto, which granted it's just written like shit, but, you know, they, they are using these things like weapons of war because they are, you know. And if I could suddenly become immune to the AK 47 by disassembling one, I would do that in a minute, you know. <laughs> I guess, the, like, the main reason
0: that I did the, that I read the Communist Manifesto the first time around and then ended up reading through it about four or five times and actually doing an episode where I kind of looked, looked at some very specific portions of it is because I do have friends who claim to be socialists and big time Bernie bros and like want mm. all of that stuff. And like the stuff that y'all want is not, uh, it's not actual like what the communist manifesto and all of that was based on and built on like, what y'all want is free shit and Mm -hmm. for other people to pay for it. And, and, like, communism in and of itself was, I mean, it was about work and labor. And, yes, a lot of the ideas and the way they wanted to go about implementing that were just completely moronic and, uh, like...
1: Well, Marx created a a whole life doctrine, right? Um, And his... I got a video up a bunch of years ago called communism is materialism is moral absolutism, which just pisses people off no end Um, because, you know, well, materialists don't have morality. They're douchebag. I'm like, well, go read the communist manifesto. It is materialism as moral absolutism, right? You must work. It doesn't matter if you have a work ethic, you just must physically be at a place of work and Presumably engaged in it. No, no one talks about quality of work. No one talks about efficacy. None of that. All of all of the immaterial ideas go out the window. Just as long as you're in a fucking factory, <laughs> that's it. That's what matters. Uh, and then after that is, you know, you got to read some of Marx's other writings, which I grant will give you a fucking headache. But uh, you know, he talks a lot about uh, capital. Well, him and Lenin are where most of this comes from. But you know, capitalism has made the administration of everything so simple uh, that it can be done on a spreadsheet, which you see the outputs of with Yang right now, right? Which nobody wants to hear. Oh, Yang's not a Marxist. Only... He's almost directly quoting Marx when he says that AI will take over everything. It's just take what Mark said and bring it to the modern day, and that's what you get. Is well, a computer could do it, which, by the way, every computer run company ever has failed miserably. <laughs> but still, some reason it's just going to work. Um, and so, the, the premise is that capitalism will have made everything so abundant, every uh, you know control arm of how to run things so efficient that. Scarcity will effectively go away, Um, and so there may be some things that are not readily available for all, but food, water, cars, all of these things will be so abundant, and don't get me wrong, Marx wasn't talking about cars just because of when he lived, but all of these things will be so abundant that there won't be a need for a price mechanism anymore, because the price mechanism is mostly uh, a function of supply um, versus demand for certain. And and funny enough, Marx was not economically illiterate, certainly not anywhere near as illiterate as his fucking followers are. Um, But he, you know, the the idea was there would be such super abundance that, yeah, okay, maybe you couldn't get the brand new thing that was invented yesterday. Um, Presuming that we even continue to invent things. By the way, He said that shit in like 1860. Uh, Apparently we had invented everything then, which is a really hot take, but you know, whatever. (laughs) Uh, But presumably if something got invented, it might take a few months uh, and maybe you'd have to reapply socialism to that thing so that it could be distributed appropriately until it was in super abundance. But generally speaking, everything would be so abundant that we wouldn't need. In fact, it wouldn't even make any sense to have capitalism. Because why sell things when everything is as abundant as seawater or air? And he, he does a lot of talking about it, to which, you know, there have been a few people like, well, Don, what if we did have super abundance of everything? I said, well, then we would have communism, right? Because it wouldn't matter anymore. <laughs> you know, if you have literally infinite everything, then who's fucking paying for shit? Know. You know? But nobody... To the earlier discussion of read everything in autism, no nobody wants to hear this. <laughs>
0: right? It's, yeah, yeah. That's that's been the disappointing thing, I guess, for me, uh, growing up is because as a kid I read I read a lot, and uh, I just thought adults read a lot because my dad read a lot, and my mom read a lot, and uh, now I'm an adult, and not a lot of people read a lot <sighs> except for like no. you know libertarians, and, and uh, so I guess that's kind of part of what draws me to that that crowd is they actually seem to at least put some some level of effort into reading and learning and trying to discover stuff.
1: Yeah. Um, it's a weird thing that I still struggle with is the incuriousness. I don't even know if that's a word, right? But of basically I think, I, everybody. I
0: think that's an app word, even if it's not a real one.
1: You know what I mean? Just like you just you don't want to know anything. Just nothing at all. <laughs> yeah. I spent a very substantial portion of my life wondering if that was a better way to live life. Uh, because that was a real it's a real slap in my face in about my twenties, right? You know, uh as a teenager, I was out reading the news because you read stuff and who doesn't have time to read 2000 words, right? Like that's five more minutes. Uh, and so, you know, you sit down and you have a, I don't know, you have a soda, you have a beer, whatever it is. You, okay. I'll just glance through stuff and read it. You start to notice patterns really quick. If you do, <laughs> but I go talk to people about it and they're like, why the fuck are you reading the news? Who fucking cares? I'm like, well, uh, your whole life's about to change based on it. Maybe you should care. <laughs> eh, whatever. Uh, and it just, I don't know. It's uh, very odd, you
0: know? <laughs> or my, uh, my class valedictorian in high school, we were having a conversation in our uh, honors English class about, I can't remember what it was. Anyway, somehow Timothy McVeigh came up, and I got to talking about Timothy McVeigh and the Oklahoma City bombing and everything. But at, at first I just mentioned, I just offhand mentioned Timothy McVeigh in the context of the conversation that we were having and the class valedictorian goes, who is that? I was like the Oklahoma city bomber. Like we're not that, uh, you know, we're not that young. Like we were around when this happened. What do you mean? How do you, how do you not know who Timothy McVeigh is? I was going
1: to say, you seem to be same general vicinity of age as me and
0: we're sitting in the class together. Like, you're supposedly the smartest kid in school. Uh, and I was like, Did you not read a newspaper at any point in the last 10 years? And she's like, Well, I have a lot of stuff that I do, and blah, blah, blah. I was like, uh, Everything you do, I also do. And then something like that's, mm-hmm. you're, you're not giving a whole lot of valid excuses here for why you're uh, only book smart and not even book smart in the right way.
1: Yeah. I, mean, I
0: wasn't a real pleasant uh, person to be around in high school, probably. My wife is already. Yeah. With it. My wife has said, like, multiple times, if we had met when I was in high school, she probably never would have had anything to do with me.
1: <laughs> I know that feeling. Uh, it's, I, I don't know. I uh, Sure, I was as much of a dickhead teenager as all of us were. But, uh, you know, this little smarty pants asshole, too. Um, you know, I <laughs> I moved to a new high school, and I took, Basics of computing type things, right? Because it was what was available when I I moved into the school, and uh, the teacher on day one, and this this day how old I am, uh, goes, well, the mouse port is COM four, and I went, mouse port's COM two. What Are you talking about? Oh yeah, right, it is. Right, and, and I was that kind of dickhead, I'm sure, the entire time. <laughs> you know,
0: that was. I think I was very fortunate in, uh, especially in college, to have good professors who didn't mind uh, getting pushback on stuff, and so I, it allowed me to to argue and, and learn to think more critically. Uh, and that if they were wrong, they didn't just want to like, they didn't just want to be right they wanted to talk about why they were wrong and why you were right and like break it down. And and so you could actually have good conversation and, and not only learn uh, that you were right, but learn why you were right and like help them kind of, cause usually it was something, it it would be something dumb. Like it wouldn't be something that they were uh, actually wrong on. Like they would state it wrong. But me being the kid that I was like, if I hear you say it and I know you're wrong, I'm going to tell you that it's wrong because there are 20 other people in this class who don't know that you're wrong. And now they think that that's right. And so like, we, you know, we need to fix that. And because at the end of the day, I'm going to end up tutoring half of them and they need, and they're going
1: to argue with me about this.
0: (laughs) I don't want to have them arguing with me about this. So they need to know that I'm right right now from you so that we can all be on the same page. Going forward. Yeah. I I was very fortunate in the, uh, which I went to, I graduated from Murray State University. So small school in Podunk, Kentucky. And nice thing about it is you have professors that are willing to have good conversations with you and not, or at least at that time.
1: Oh, I I am. I am envious of that. One of the, uh, one of the realities of, uh, I grew up in California. Uh, and i didn't even grow up in the worst parts of california i grew up in northern california um, up just north of sacramento i tell you where but no one knows where it is uh and i would do that sort of thing i moved down to about the sacramento area with my brief stints in college and i'd have teachers telling me people overtly wrong things and i go well that that's wrong and i'm not going to just do it wrong just because you want me to uh you know it it works like this and it works like this for a reason right and they'd tell me shit like well it doesn't matter you're doing it this way right uh and you you see the outputs of that kind of thing now where you know math is subjective uh well (laughs) okay you you go be an engineer and you let me know how subjective math is right and when i say engineer i mean like structural (laughs) you you build me a building out of one by one and uh the only thing i want you to do i'm gonna airlift you to the top you just you just dance around up there for a while you let me know how it goes that's the the, uh
0: excuse me that was that's funny that was that was something that uh Stacy and I talked about the other day was, like, the way uh, learning is done these days is, like, it's so very, like, linear, whereas, like, when I was in high school, I took a lot of math classes, and as long as we could figure out the answer, like, the, the, the math teacher, he showed us, like, how to do it, and there are other ways to do it, and you kind of figure it out. Whereas now with my kids and their math classes, like it's this common core, this is the way it's done and you have to do it this way. And there is no room to learn organically or, you know, figure it out or, you know, see what the, cause I mean, yeah. that's what, that's kind of what, uh, what makes engineering interesting and, and kind of special is that you have to do things in a certain way, but you don't have to do it, Like you have to get that, that outcome, but you don't have to come to the outcome in the same way that everybody else does. Like you, you're figuring it out and making it work. And it's not
1: load bearing device must bear the load. How you get there is up to you.
0: (laughs) Right. Which I took some engineering classes and stuff in high school. And like we were supposed to, our first class, our first project as a class was you had to build this like catapult to launch this ping pong ball. And Mm -hmm. the, The teams were making these like big, elaborate, crazy designs that ended up like barely flicking this ping pong ball a foot or 18 inches. And like I I put a couple sticks together with some rubber bands and fired one across the room, just (laughs) dick. And one of the girls in our group was like, why don't you tell them to just do it like that? I'm like, they're not listening. They want to make this big, elaborate, crazy thing. Like they don't want to shoot a ping pong ball. They want to make something. Like there's no point in telling them how to do it because they want to do this, this crazy, you know, spectacle. And so I ended up not staying in the engineering program because there was a lot of kind of dumb shit like that. That uh, It just, it's stuff that would rub me the wrong way. And I I, I don't have a, a uh, super high tolerance for dumb assery, So.
1: that's funny that's what got me out of IT (laughs) it's it's the same shit well you gotta do it this way that way's five times as much work and doesn't always work how about if we don't do it that way well but we wrote a manual that has this in it yeah but you're using this guy's software and he wrote a manual on how to use his software and if you read that manual you'd know not to do what you're doing (laughs)
0: Didn't somebody say smart people don't
1: go into these fields that smart people are in? Mm-hmm. It's a fact. Uh, actually, on, on that front, uh, I, I tested video games once when I was young. Uh, I worked for Intel uh, and their, their graphics department. Um, it was when Intel was taking over all the graphics for Mac, right? And so they wanted their onboard graphics to be something usable for more than just desktop work, uh, you know, office work. And so what they were doing at the time is they had all of these uh, these video games that they would just have you play and to try and stress the graphics card and then you'd record frames per second, and that sort of thing. And there you know, there wasn't even like a, hey, here's a walkthrough that you're going to follow and you're going to do that three or four times and then come up with the averages or something like that. No, it was just... Uh, you know, run the the, the frame counter, run F, uh, FRAPS, right? Uh, and then get its report at the end and just play for, you know, five, ten minutes or whatever. And I went, so this is really, this isn't even a test. You know, <laughs> like, this is a bunch of people play video games. I don't mind. I will just sit here and play video games for money if you want. But um, maybe we should at least, you know, make this similar to what, Everyone's doing. <laughs> and there was a bunch of uh they had something that was DOS-based that they were running for OpenGL. Like again, tell you how long ago this was a billion OpenGL isn't even a thing anymore. And it was a game I was familiar with, and you could you could write a batch file that would just beat the game for you. Um, because its API was quite literally like I accept DOS commands. <laughs> And so you could just in a batch file call it and then it would run through whatever commands you went uh, told to put in there. And so you, you know, if you want a static test out of this thing, you just Windows key R, CMD type name of batch file, enter, come back in five minutes and it will have very specific answers for you that will never ever change. And so I went to my boss and I said, well, look, I'm not like a C programmer or anything, so I can't do this with all the rest of them. Uh, and I'm not a C++ programmer or anything, but I'm pretty familiar with DOS commands. <laughs> so we could just write this batch file. And not only will it give us static results, but like instead of sitting here and playing this game from you know 15 years ago, you can just open up a command prompt, type it in and press enter. Uh, and I got back. Well, that will use system resources, and I was like, "It's a batch file." <laughs> I'm sure the 1K of RAM is going to make a huge difference on early 2000s machines. Uh, but seriously, no, it won't.
0: Yeah, you were definitely getting ready to crash that server,
1: <laughs> right? You know, and and so and then it was well, but we haven't been doing it that way, uh, and so we need to stay. Uh, doing the same test that we have been. And I was like, the test that you're doing is not static at all. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, it's not, I, I would worry about, you know, oh, th- at this break point, you need to change how you view the results. But realistically speaking, the results you have are complete shit. They don't mean anything. Oh, well, you know, but we've been doing it this way. And I was like, this is not a conversation that's going anywhere. And you're an idiot. <laughs> I need to leave now. <laughs>
0: That That is the death of the scientific community. Like, half of the... Oh, my gosh. I look at, like, clinical trials on stuff and, like, different... <laughs> things. Like, the stuff that they test for doesn't make any fucking sense. And the results that they get are completely useless. And the results that they do get that may have some usefulness, they throw it out or explain it away or change the parameters so that it's uh inapplicable or like it's the death of it's the death of advancement really I mean golly
1: uh, to, it is yeah death of intelligence death of intellect death of anything useful which goes um,
0: back to the thing that we had both talked about earlier with uh you know people don't read and people don't want to learn anything.
1: They really don't. It's it's very weird um, to me, right? I don't know. Uh, people seem, the vast majority of people seem happy, being unhappy, and not understanding why.
0: And not even content. Like, they are actually happy about it. Like, mm-hmm. like ignorance. there is ignorance and bliss, for real. <laughs> or bliss and ignorance. <laughs> Seriously, my brother and I both had a couple buddies that like that's all they joined the military to do was the combat stuff. Like they just wanted to go overseas and yeah, do that stuff. And, like, I guess that's good for some,
1: huh? Uh see, this is why recruiting age is eighteen to twenty-four, right? Because everybody who has that bug has it in that time frame. They're like, yeah, you know what? You know, what we need to do? give me a fucking gun. <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, it's just life um it's funny when you get there, then almost nobody wants to be there, regardless of whether or not they give you a gun occasionally. <laughs> In fact, no one wants to be there for the times when they give you a gun Now' <laughs> well, see the iraq war uh
0: for as terrible as it is, it kind of launched me into my original career uh i got I had worked at a grain elevator uh for a summer between my freshman and sophomore year at college, and one of the guys that I worked with there was. Uh, National Guard Reserve and his unit got activated and he did a 12 month tour in Iraq. His tour happened to start at about the same time I decided I needed to take a break from college and do something other than be in school every day. And so the the, uh, the manager at the facility was like, Vaughn's going to Iraq for 12 months. He's like, You want to take a break? Come back, work for us, like, take his spot. And like, I'll. He's like, I'll kind of teach you how to do stuff, and when you go back to school, you can like go back and get a, get an ag degree and and do this kind of thing professionally if that's something that you think you want to do. And if not, you know, you make decent money for a nineteen year old, so why not? And so, so I did, and and, and the uh,
1: idiocracy moment happened. I like money.
0: <laughs> yes, and uh, so I ended up going. I worked there for. 12 months while he was in Iraq. And then I went back to school and majored in ag and ended up going on to run grain elevators and work all over the country doing that and made a whole bunch of fucking money doing it for a really long time. So, you know, the, the Iraq war was a, a net gain to me. (laughs) Definitely a terrible thing for like everybody involved on both sides. Otherwise,
1: Uh.
0: but that's how COVID has been like, uh, my job shut down, or when when COVID started, and I ended up going to work at Lowe's with my wife, who is uh, who also she's the HR lady at our local Lowe's here, and I went to work there as a sales specialist, and we worked all through COVID. We made a crap ton of money because yeah, Lowe's I bet gave, Lowe's gave like monthly bonuses and stuff, and so like every time there's been something terrible in the world. I've
1: ended up benefiting from it, so. <laughs> uh, don't feel bad about that. That's there. There are two, generally speaking, two kinds of people who, uh, you know, when you you hit some sort of crisis moment, the people that collapse are the people that tend to do really, really well. Uh, and you know what? I'm not very interested in being the guy who instantly collapses. So, you know, when when Cooties first started uh the channel picked up like a couple thousand subscribers and you know (laughs) my viewership almost doubled and yeah everybody was like well you know isn't this like pretty terrible for you no this uh, i'm one of the few people that this is going to be pretty great for so (laughs) (laughs) you know all all the rest of you guys are screwed don't feel bad for me
0: you know it's like we were talking about it earlier, you know, using a certain pointed tactics on Twitter to, to drive engagement on videos and stuff that I post. Like, if you know how to play, if you know how to play the game right, you can be wildly successful off of all the crazy stuff that happens in the world. You just got to be, you know, sharp enough to see it when it happens and uh, have the balls to do something with it.
1: Yeah. Th- those tend to be the things.